Hello, everyone, and welcome to All Kidding Aside podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Bartelzi. And this is super exciting because, you know, I've recorded several of these episodes already with amazing women. And today for my guest, I have decided to talk to my producer, Joe Iani, who's been helping me with this whole podcast. And um, yeah, this is like I have it's very rare that I have men on this on the show. In fact, I think he's the first man I've had on this podcast. That depends on what we do with the running order. But uh, OK, yeah, great. First, re- first recorded. This is how this works. Joe, uh, Joe gives me notes right away. Uh, just to tell you a little bit about Joe. You're doing great so far, by the way. Thank you so much for that. Um, OK, I'm going to get to your little introduction there. Um, and he's written here, Joseph. So I'll go very formal. Uh, Joseph. Joseph. That's what his name is. Yes. He's been involved in podcasting since 2008, and he's produced over 300 episodes. Two of his recent works were nominated for Best Podcast Episode at 2017 Tau Fest? T.O. T.O. Why did you write that weird? You wrote it weird. What is that? I'm reading this off of something. <laughs> what is that? But you know what? Yeah, no, yeah, I take responsibility okay, okay. for that. So that's, that's why I didn't know what I was reading. It's, it's, okay. a, it's, a, it's Toe uh, Eve Fest. Okay, Toe... <laughs> Is it Toe Webfest? That's what it would be. Toe Webfest. That makes sense. Okay, if you guys saw how he wrote it, that's his own fault. Anyway, he's currently involved in 15 different projects and thinks only one of them is a pile of garbage. (laughs) And he's assured me uh, several times that it's not this podcast. I'm grateful for that. He's a workshop instructor for Humber College and the Toronto Public Library, and he's been referred to as a wizard of podcasting and has kept count of how many people have called him a genius Currently, it's at 10 with one person margin of error. Welcome, Joe. I make a game of uh, trying to retell the story, but we're not going to do that because that might take a while. Okay, and I don't, I don't know if I've called you a genius. I got to be honest. No, I, I, mean, have to, I have to earn it. Okay, you've been, you've been a savior to me because you helped me get this whole thing started. And uh, I also want to point out, you know, we met at Humber. And, yeah, uh, you were yeah, my I was your teacher. You were my teacher. That's like out of that old uh, commercial. Remember, what was it like? Do you remember that commercial? And she was like, she was like, it was a teacher, and then she ran into her student. It was like Oil of LA or whatever, and she was like, I was your teacher. You don't remember that commercial? You're too young. You're too young. Um, okay. Anyway, it's not awkward at all. That, you know, this is not a teacher-student. Uh, no, I, I do not keep track okay. of the Oil of LA commercials. Okay. Okay. No, well, we're more no, like, co- we're colleagues yeah. <laughs> now. And I, I just want to tell people that actually, see, Joe, as I mentioned, he teaches podcasting at Humber, and then... I think he threw out there one day, he asked all the students, like, hey, guys, if anyone wants to do a podcast, um, get in touch with me. And then none of the students did. And I was like, hey, (laughs) I want to do a podcast. I know nothing about it, but I want to do a podcast. And then we met for coffee and we had this idea to do this. And then I think we started the week after because I was like, I don't want to waste any time here. Let's do this. No, you you wanted to get that momentum going right away. Yeah. And it kind of, it boggles my mind a little tiny bit when I have been doing something for so long and I lose track of how these things, they seem so simple to me, but mm-hmm. for other people, it's like, it, it might as well be an alien language. Right. There might as well be a whole film about it with uh, oh, the guy from Avengers. Oh, my references are off today. Uh, <laughs> They're usually on. Yeah. And and I was and I was really glad to to do this show because what I found with a lot of the other uh, podcasts that I either listen to or that I work on, it very easily becomes a, uh, for lack of a better term, an echo chamber where ideas are thrown out but they're not challenged yeah. or there's no opposing views. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas what you decided to do is you know you have your views on things, I have my views on on the subject. 
but you wanted to learn and you wanted to hear what other people have to say. People Absolutely. who have kids. It wasn't just like an like oh, don't have kids podcast, like, which I would also produce because I'm a free speech advocate and I, I quite, I quite yeah, I quite enjoy the fact that I can. Um, I can, I can, a part of my job is to listen to people who I don't agree with because I don't think I would do that willingly. Mm-hmm. I think with, there's so much uh, uh, volatility out there that when I choose to listen to something, I'm going to want to listen to something that doesn't, you know, makes my day uh, go a little bit better. So the fact that my job turns into being able to listen to what other people have to say about it. It's about, it, it, there's learning and uh, a little bit of money too, which isn't bad, yeah. Yes, I am paying you, yeah. you know, not the big bucks, <laughs> but you know, that's not why we do this. We no, do this because we both enjoy it. And I've learned so much, you know, from you about about yeah. podcasts because I honestly didn't know anything about it. I mean, I'd listened to some, and but now I'm really into listening to podcasts. It's addictive. And, um, yeah, uh, totally. It's and then learning, you know, about the whole process and how to do it. And um, it's been great. But yeah. um, I mean, so far, you've probably listened to me do about 10 of these and yeah. talking to all different women. Yeah. Um, you know, even at the time of this recording that I'm doing with you right now, we haven't released all the episodes. But uh, you've heard, you know, so many women, women that are very passionate about having kids, uh, mm-hmm. a few women that totally are against the idea. And mm-hmm. then some women who have just decided not to, or they haven't had kids yet, or they're a stepmom. There's, you know, again, if you're listening to this podcast, you know, all the kinds of women we interview, but, um, you know, you and I have never really sat down and, um, you know, deeply talked about how you feel. Cause you, you know, you don't really comment on it after we usually wrap up the episode and then we're both running to something else and we don't really get to do a debrief. So, um, you know, it's hard to figure out where to start right now, but I guess I'm just kind of, uh, gonna start out with asking you, Based on everything you've heard from these women, where where sort of do you stand? Like, um, do you want to have kids? My stance on it uh, overall hasn't changed. Before we started doing it, I wanted to be a father. Mm-hmm. I still want to be a father. But what has changed, or what at least has uh, what has developed over these episodes, is that I have a, a little bit of a better understanding of the female perspective, which is something that I couldn't. How could I do that on my own? I'm a male. There's no. It wouldn't, right. wouldn't, wouldn't be possible. And for all the uh, struggle for equality that there is in the world, I think with all the information that I've collected, I really feel like there is such a, a, a difference in the way men and women have to live their lives just based off, you know, what we're equipped with when mm-hmm. we start. And, and it seems like such a small thing, but just listen to the stories and listen to what people go through and listen to the, to the different kind of pressures they face and the joys as well, the good and the bad. It's like, it really is two different uh, kinds of lives that people have to live. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're basically sitting in every time we record one of these, you know, it's like a little window into the woman's soul. It's like you're part of our girl talk, you know, because you're sort of just in the background making sure uh, we get everything down. But yeah, I really have make... these intense conversations with women and you, you get to hear it all. You know? Well, yeah, sure. I mean, I've had to sit there and listen to uh, people freak out over the idea of having a boy. I'm like, I'm a boy. Right. <laughs> I'm a like, con- I contribute uh, yeah. to society. What's going on? Yes, yes. Yeah. But, okay. but, you know, it, it if if I if I couldn't handle that kind of thing, I wouldn't be able to do this at all. I wouldn't like I would every every episode I would throw my headphones off and be like I I don't want I I don't want to I don't want to be the person that uh, that that allows this to to happen. But that's why it's really important to have principles. And mm-hmm. The principle is a free speech, freedom of expression, uh, and freedom of consequence as well. People are free to say and do what they please, but. I think they also have to accept whatever consequences there are to that. Mm-hmm. I think we've all learned that the hard way, um, being you know insane. 
Yep, I'm, I'm with you on that one. So far, I haven't gotten any uh, hate mail or anything, you know? <laughs> well, we, uh, we, we've been uh, quite, um, uh, what's the word, uh, delicate about stuff that may cross the line. Yeah, I don't think this podcast is that controversial, you know, because I think that's the whole point is that we really get yeah. women who have different opinions. And then, as everyone knows, I'm still on the fence and I can be swayed one way or the other. But you know, again, and ultimately we try not to to judge anyone's opinion, but I think everyone judges a little bit at times. And I right. Think and, and, I, and I think that it also has to do with uh, different circles of conversation. Mm-hmm. I mean, just referencing the fact that I don't think I would ever be with uh, some of my friends and any of us would have any kind of anxiety over what uh, uh, gender our kid is going to start out with. Mm-hmm. And to some, to, other, to some other people, that's a pretty straightforward thing to say. But to other people, they're like, what? That's insane. So no matter what we do, someone somewhere is offended by it. And someone somewhere is, is delighted by it. Okay. Well, I'm, yeah. just, I'm just of the mind that, you know, I would just wish for anyone to have a healthy child, mm-hmm. you know? So with regards to gender, that would never matter to me, you know, whether I have a boy or a girl, like it's completely out of control, right. out of your control and uh, out of your hands. I did I did hear that there is actually some measures that people can take to try to um, uh, cheat a little bit, just to try to get a girl or try to get really? a boy. Yeah. Like depending on like what food you eat or, oh, or like what position okay. you're in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just, you know, I just believe in having a healthy baby. I think people even take that for granted, you know, based on my own experiences of, uh, you know, witnessing friends who have suffered miscarriages um, and hor- yeah, right. horrible tragedies. And, and, that, and that's the thing that made it difficult for me to, or that, that made me kind of question my stance a little bit because I am pro-birth and I am pro-family uh, and uh, pro-motherhood and pro-fatherhood. But then I hear about how uh, difficult it was. Uh, mm-hmm. we, uh, when we talked to uh, Anne Fenn, previous guest on the show, uh, she had a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And th- and I'm like, I'm not going to force my agenda down her down her throat after yeah. that point. Yes. And I could not possibly know what it's like to go through that. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Polly Esther as well was another example of, you know, a woman who suffered a, a horrible tragedy and feels exactly. like she wouldn't be able to protect her child in this world. Like you can't you can't start judging that because that was her experience. And we haven't experienced what she went through, you know, because uh, that was another thing. Would you say you are ready to have kids? Like, are you at a point in your life where you would be ready to become a father? Okay, so uh, I'd like to tell a little bit of story to answer that question. I'm not much of like a go out and bang kind of person. My 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 thing has always Slain been. It right I just, out there, I just Joe. wanted okay. to go. I really all I ever wanted was to be in a really good, solid relationship with somebody. It's uh, very sweet. Not thank, a lot thank, of men say that. That's thank really you. lovely. I'm, I'm basically human sugar. Mm. There, there's, there's a limit to how much sugar one can have, but you know, but in spite of that, uh, I let's say hit the ball out of the park a few times. There was only one time that I ever um, uh, had sex without protection, and I was anxious about it for the next nine months because I thought she doesn't have to tell me anything mm-hmm. she doesn't want to and i could ask her which i probably should have i got but, <laughs> i was gonna say did you not ask her did but, but, this woman but, get pregnant did no she, no she oh. didn't but i i spent those nine months thinking if i have this if i if i'm a father i gotta get my act together like i i did not consider uh, abortion as an option because it wouldn't have been my decision anyways mm-hmm. so i had to prepare for the both the best and worst case scenario at the same time was which this is a while um, ago two summers ago okay and uh, nine months pass, and then I give it an extra month, you know, just for uh, uh, just for spillage. And then I w- to see if there was a baby that was born. Yeah, yeah. and, and, yeah, and you had no idea. Like you clearly didn't have a relationship with this woman. It was no. like a one night stand. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. And I thought, okay, if I if I have a kid, I got to go suck it up and get uh get some full-time work, have a conversation with her and her parents and tell her, you know, I did want to be a father. This isn't how I wanted to do it, but you know, I'll do as much as I can. I'll, I will do what it takes. Step up. Ex- exactly. <laughs> um, if if she had told me that she had aborted the kid, I probably would have been relieved. But I I have a very difficult time being completely on board with abortion. I am pro-abortion, but I have heard arguments from both sides, and I will admit that the arguments against it are a little bit stronger. Really? Are we going to get into this now? Really? We don't have to because bottom line is I am still pro-abortion. But like I said, I am I, objectively, I'm like, oh, they have some really good points. Okay. Uh, just yeah. just to ask you, though, what what is one pro-argument for not allowing women to have abortions? Okay. Well, let's, that you've let's, heard. Let's, 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 yes, let's first cast out and, and the then I still extreme to, scenarios of like, okay. you know, victims of uh, And then we're coming crimes. back to this woman because I'm still like, yeah. Yeah, I, I got to hear how did that ended. But, well, I okay. mean, that is the end of the story. Nothing happened. Okay, and you never uh, saw her again, and you just know she never had a baby. Saw her, like, once after. Do you know that she didn't? Like, could she still come knocking on your door 10 years later being like, hey, did you ever know I had a baby? Or that's that not would, possible. That would, be, that would be her detriment because okay. I would have been there for him. Okay, her, but, you, but her. you know, yeah. Most likely she didn't have Most likely. a child. She didn't get pregnant at all. Yeah. Okay. okay, so you didn't really knock yeah. it out of so the I, park. <laughs> okay. okay sure. Yeah. Uh, Move, moving better on. Better metaphors. Uh, okay, so the, I, I wasn't uh, pre- prepared to have like, to pick out which of the arguments mm. uh, was the best one. Um, so just give me a second to kind of like, okay, which is the one that I think is like fair to bring up? Yeah. Well, I'm just I'm just asking because I'm you know completely pro-abortion. Right. And so I I don't know the argument of why people would be against it because I don't, I, usually it's men making these decisions and I'm yeah. like, that's not your choice. Right. The, the most extreme, but also the one that kind of has the most uh, legs is that like it or not, it is taking someone else's life. Uh, whether we want to argue where life starts mm-hmm. or this is someone who by all accounts belongs to the state that we live in as well as belongs to uh, the mother and the father. And because the mother and the father belong to the state, they pay taxes, they participate in society, the state does in fact have a say in what uh, happens to the child. So if the state dictates that it's not right to remove the child, then they, they have a say in it and how they uh, allow people to then go out and do it if they, if they have the option to it, uh, it it does make some sense to me because uh, a person, the state doesn't exist without people uh, participating in it. And even though it is, you know, one or in the even more extreme cases, several trials at the same time, removing them from the equation altogether means removing people who are able, who may be able to contribute to society in some way, shape or form. And it removes the possibility that that child might end up being with another couple that did want them because there are things that people can do prior to abortion. There is giving a child up for adoption. There is actually raising the child. So the idea that people can take it as an easy way out, even that is like- I know, because I don't think it's an easy way out, you know? Well, going back to my little story there, if she had decided to have the child, I just don't think that would have been a good enough reason to- take this child's life because I knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I, d- I knew the risks. I knew that pregnancy was definitely an option. And if it came down to it, 
I would like to think, I can't prove it because mm-hmm. it didn't happen, but I would like to think that I was going to step up. And then we're getting into the whole argument of like, when is when is the little egg really turn into a human? <laughs> I have a, you know? a whole crazy opinion on and, that. Uh, but, and then also, you know, I just want to point out something you said is that you said something about, you know, if a woman has an abortion, then we're losing that opportunity that that human, that child could have eventually grown up and added to society. But I have a little bit of a, you know, an argument when people say too, because as we know, as of now, I don't have kids. And people say, oh, what if your kid was like the next inventor or found the cure to cancer? And I just kind of think that's like BS. Like we don't know that. Like I don't have children, so I don't know if then I was impregnated. I don't know what that human will turn out to be, right? I could also, you know, hopefully not Mm -hmm. knock on wood. This is horrible. But like my child could also be a serial killer, right? Like you you, you don't know. I, I understand what you're saying. I just, I... I don't agree with that. You know? No, I, I I understand that as well. But like we've mentioned, you know, right from the beginning of this, mm-hmm. it's so important to hear what they have to mm-hmm. say. One of the one of the most uh, uh, crucial elements to living in society is the competition of ideas, competition of markets, competition of nations, but the competition of ideas and debate too. Mm-hmm. The only way for one side's ideas and one side's uh, stances on things to improve is to hear what the other people say, and even in a certain way, hope that their arguments are better so that we can go back to our side and say, look what they've got. Totally, we got we got to totally, get better at right? this. Which is, yeah. again, what we're, what we're doing here is talking yeah. to two sides. You know? There is one other thought that I had on it that I've never actually been able to get out uh, in, a, in any capacity before. So I would like to run this by you. You're but hearing I'll, it first, uh, but folks. Yeah. I would never want to stop somebody from uh, deciding to uh, abort a child because my other stance is that. Above all else, I trust the judgment of the parent. And the parent mm-hmm. thinks that the best thing that the ch- they can do for the child is to not put it through what we go mm-hmm. through, then I respect that. But I do think that one measure we can take to minimize the temptation to participate in what it may or may not be responsible behavior is in some way for the consequences of abortion to be a little harsher. Now, there okay. already are some drastic consequences. And, you know, there mm-hmm. could be some physical damage. There's definitely going to be some emotional damage. But not everybody goes through the emotional damage. Some people actually like take pride in the idea of having abortion. So I think some element of like community service or just some way of giving people some sense of just pausing a little bit more before they do something that they may regret later, I think can help society, okay. especially if it's community service. It's yeah, some way it's to coming out of an irrational decision. But because right. but, I just want to say two things. So first of all, you had said something about it's an easy way out or. You know, if women aren't thinking about it, like it's I'll, a little, I'll, it's a little glib, but it's for both sides. Okay, because right? I'll just say, like, I do remember I went to high school with someone. I won't name names, but you know, I remember, you know, this girl at, I swear, at sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, like, constantly getting pregnant throughout high school, like just being careless and you know having unprotected sex, and then that was a thing. I remember having she had several abortions throughout high school, and that. I don't know, again, because I don't know the full circumstances, but I assume that was maybe an easy thing. Like, oh, every time I can just go have sex with whoever I want, and then every time I get pregnant, it's, uh, you know, it's I can just go have an abortion. It's like women who constantly take the plan B, you know, that's just like yeah. pop it like candy. I can go have multiple one-night stands and then pop plan B. Pop right? it like candy. <laughs> right? Um, I'd love to see an advertiser okay. be that bold. Um, pop it know, like candy. I, right? <laughs> Comes I'm just right saying, it, you know, it, it, it can happen. And then... 
also, because I brought this up in an earlier episode and I regretted it, and I was uh, talking with uh, Tamara Junkin, and we were having a discussion about abortion because I had stated that, you know, being a woman in my late 30s, still on the fence, should I get pregnant, I was saying I would not have an abortion. And I said that because at my age, I feel like, why would I have an abortion? That was you know, that's what the universe wanted for my husband and I to have a child. So now we're going to move forward. And then there's my answer. I was on the fence about having a kid. I got pregnant. We're going to move forward and do it. But I had said that most women in their late 30s probably wouldn't have an abortion. Mm -hmm. And I said that because I meant, you know, should you get pregnant later in life when you have the, the mindset to know what to do, most likely you wouldn't have an abortion. But I also regretted saying that because, again, if you are whatever, a 37-year-old woman, you get pregnant and you really, really don't want to be a parent and that's not in your lifestyle, you should still be able to have an abortion, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, that was something, you know, and you and I had talked about that in, in that episode. And I don't know how much of that conversation, I can't recall, made it into that episode. But again, I had only regret it because, I again, I wouldn't know that woman's circumstance. Or again, if, if a woman was, you know, sexually assaulted in her 40s, or late thirties yeah. and still got pregnant and didn't want to go through with it. Who am I to judge and say, "Well, you can't go and have an abortion"? You yeah, know? I, I spoke with um, a, a friend of a friend of a friend about this, and he made a really good point about there being some kind of tribunal. Just like before, you're allowed to do it. You appear before a court, preferably one that contains men and women, mm -hmm. uh, who and and hear the story and just understand the circumstances, and mm -hmm. and that would help in some way to. Uh, quantify what are the fair consequences for the actions. Okay, because it's just all now these, uh, It's again, it's these men, like uh, our new conservative leader, Andrew Scheer, being completely uh, against abortion. Like, who is he to decide? Is Just uh, for clarification, is, is he against it or is he against the government funding it? Because there's a difference. Okay, Between... that I, I gotta. Okay, now you're putting me on the spot. I gotta get my facts straight. Okay, well but, let's uh, let's. I mean, let, we can we can table that for uh, for people to look into because that's that's a discussion in of itself. Is is it right for um, taxpayers to fund something that many people do disagree with because it's such a hot button issue, or is he just trying to say you should go to jail for it and you shouldn't be allowed to do it because. One of those, I see the merit in, one of those, not so much. So uh, Scheer did not vote on the 2012 Woodworth motion because he was speaker. Um, however, based on previous votes and statements, he's considered pro-life by the Campaign Life Coalition. Yeah, so that's what we have on him. Now, I do want to circle back to, you asked yeah. me uh, what I'd be writing now, and then that sparked the whole thing. So in this point in time, uh, I would like a little bit more time to... Uh, get my shit together. I, I just started doing this uh, as my profession maybe two years ago. The growth is steady, but it's slow. And at this point in time, I'm making something, but it's not enough for my satisfaction because mm -hmm. I still live with my parents. I can't afford rent and also run my own business at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, now, I understand that there would be a partner involved in this, so that definitely changes the equation. But you're looking for the uh, female breadwinner, aren't you? Well, I would want to be able to make money. And mm -hmm. what's lucky for me is that I can do most of my job at home. Mm -hmm. uh, I, have a, I have a studio at home, and I wouldn't move into another place unless I had room to set up another studio. So I would be able to make money as well. But probably maybe not as much as a consistent job because I am in the arts and communications, and it's 
difficult. Right. That's something we have in common yeah. that we, I talk a lot about, you know, being in the arts and then wanting to have a child and going, yeah. how am I going to fund my kid? So in addition to trying to pull my weight as much as possible and for, you know, it to be fair, it, the because there's growth, it's only going to get better from here. The other side of it too is that there are there is the housekeeper element and there is the uh, stay at home parent element and that's actually something that I would really like to do because not only do I make podcasts I also love listening to them so one of the things that I really enjoy doing over the course of my day is taking care of tasks and chores and fixing mm-hmm. things around the house doing my laundry and I'm always got the radio on I've always got podcasting on in fact it's I mean, it makes me very uncomfortable to be listening to my content while other people like my, my my parents or my brother are in the house because I'm indirectly forcing my agenda in their vicinity and I don't really and I don't really like to do that. Being being a parent and being in that situation would actually allow me to live be a little bit closer to the life I want to live. Mm-hmm. I mean the kid doesn't have to be there, it could just be me and the partner. You could or you could record a podcast with your baby. You know, just just <laughs> just baby noises. That would make for a really, really great podcast. You, you think I'm doing a good job so far. Give me a goo goo gaga. So are are you are you in a relationship right now? We we don't talk about this, are you? Um Oh, he has to think about it. So I have Whoa. a girlfriend. We decided to go on a break in 2009 and that is a long break 2009 to 2007 moved on I'm being I'm being I'm being a smart ass I don't I'm not in a relationship I only oh, I've, I've only okay. been in one relationship I thought I thought you were doing something there I just thought a break since 2009 No I was just being a smart ass uh, no I I all I have is prospects okay. There's always somebody on the mind nice. somebody that I'm like yeah, I'm trying to Okay you know, and because I, I ask you this, because is that something you're looking for? Like, are you, you know, a lot of women I know, they, as they get older too, they, they're seeking a relationship because they eventually want that. They want, they want the marriage and they, they want the child and right. there's nothing wrong with that. You know, that's sort of the, uh, for a lot of people, that's sort of the progression. Yeah. Um. So I ask that because, you know, I don't often, I don't think I have yeah, actually, I haven't that often heard men say, oh, I'm really looking to mm-hmm. seek out a partner. I want to be in a relationship. I want to be a dad. And that's why I think that's quite lovely that you say that. I just haven't heard that angle that <laughs> often. So I'm wondering, like, right now, are you just sort of like playing it cool? And if it happens, it happens? Or are you I'm trying to really uh, put myself together as much as I can so that when something comes along, I have the best version of myself possible. Mm-hmm. I am like on the lookout, but it's not easy, uh, especially uh, trying to rely on online dating in any capacity. Uh, I use uh, Tinder and Bumble, and the ratio is, I think, like six males for every one female. Mm-hmm. So and Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I miss that whole boat. You know, I, uh, my husband and I always joke around about that, that we miss that. Uh, I think we would have both been a little uh, wild and crazy on that, you know. So I'm always fascinated to hear about, yeah. about that. But, I well, mean, all those things sound like quick hookups to me from and what I know. Well, that's what Tinder is used for. I, being the fool, try to treat it like a, like a legitimate like um, relationship searching thing. But uh, no, no yield. Uh, and I just started using Bumble like two days ago. And with Bumble, y- the male is not allowed to right, make the an woman approach. instigates, right? right? So like. there still has to be a match. And I'm mm-hmm. like scrolling through, and I must have scrolled to like thirty profiles, and I'm just like, everybody's in finance. Like it's. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay, but then see, you can get a nice, uh, 
hardworking gal, stay at home, make your podcast, yeah, take care um, of your baby. I mean, one conversation that doesn't uh, come up very often is what pressures are, uh, are on men to, uh, like, what contributions they have to make to a relationship. So do you feel that? Are you feeling that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah? Absolutely. Uh, you know, for a very long time, I always thought that uh, the feelings that one shares for each other were at least enough to kind of get started on. And the, the the thing is, I don't really get opportunities to like select multiple partners at the same time, whereas the uh, the female usually does. And she she might be torn between, well, this guy, he's a great personality. He has all these great traits. He, those great traits make him a good friend. But this other guy, he's cool. He drives and he's a little bit more uh, 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 kind of like put together. I have, you can tell me it doesn't exist, but it has happened to me at least like 20 times. So wow. I don't, I don't believe that. Um, men really do have this pressure to, uh, to still be the protector, to still be the provider, to, to still be able to not only pull their weight, but then bring a little bit more to the table. Mm-hmm. Well, I know I can pull my weight, but I don't ever feel like that's enough. Right. Well, I, yeah, I, again, it's, I, I think there's two sides to that. Cause I think, yeah, I think we still expect sort of the old fashioned ways and in, in a sense that, you know, and from what I hear from dating as well, like a lot of women rely on men when they go out on dates to buy the dinner, to buy the right. drinks. And, you know, and, and I think I was a little bit like that when I was dating. I mean, a man would invite me out. I expected him to um, to pay for my drink. So it gets expensive on on the man, you know, but I also love those nights when I was like, no, it, it's on me because I didn't believe it always had to be on the man. And the, right. there's the the feminists coming out, you know, but then, um, you know, I do think there are a lot of women now who also take pride in bring, being the breadwinner. And I know women who want to be the career woman, the other partner, the man can stay at home and take care of the child or whatever. But um, yeah, so I think I think that still goes kind of half and half in society today, right? Whereas in whatever, the olden days, mm-hmm. you know, my mom is very much still in the old fashioned realm, you right. know, she she comes from that. But, uh, yeah, same with my dad too. Um, my dad, he uh, he's a driver. He drove. Uh, he still drives for a living. Um, he works with the uh, tr- public school board as a as a supply uh, mm-hmm. carrier. So he d- delivers supplies all over. And uh, one really major point of contention is that I'm not a driver, and I have, a, and I, it's very difficult for me t- to w- want to be a driver. And I know there's a lot of people who who've gotten over that fear and they've gotten behind mm-hmm. the wheel and they're good drivers now. So far, because I never had to, um, and I've been able to get by relying on public transit. And also, I mean, I do, I, I, I do most of my work at home anyways. So, so far, I, uh, I, I haven't. But my dad is like, how do you think you're going to get a girl if you don't have a car? Really? Especially in the city? Are you kidding me? You, can, you don't really <laughs> need a car, you know? But well, What I will say to my dad's credit is that it doesn't hurt to have one more thing to offer. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Do, so, do you think you're going to get your license? Do you think that's going to... Score the ladies, or you have actually no interest in in getting your license. There's another side to me that's like, if this is the difference between it, I don't think I want to score because it's kind of super. It yeah, feels yeah. a little superficial. You can go pick her up in the, on you know on the bus. Just Sweet Uber, like yeah, exactly. I, I don't think you. I don't think you need a car. Right. I mean, it's convenient in some way, depending on where you live or whatever. But especially living in big cities, I mean, think about Manhattan. I don't think you know all, everyone dating there. I don't think. Yeah, that's all the true. Men have car, you know, so I personally, I don't, I don't think you, you need that. I don't think in the city that makes or breaks 
you or the deal, you know? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'm like, I'm working on, oh, wow, I just had a deja vu. I love it when I get these. Anyway, I'm like, I, I always have a prospect uh, that I'm always working on because uh, for me, it's kind of like um, different milestones. Am I at least talking to somebody? Great. Milestone mm-hmm. achieved. Am I in, with, in the vicinity of this person from time to time? That's mm-hmm. the next milestone to work towards. So, so, th- so there's a there's a there's a way to approach it that's uh, that that that's still meaningful. Mm-hmm. And um, one thing that uh, I w- wish I did a little bit better is try to be a little bit more of a friend after th- the decision was made that a relationship isn't going to happen. Okay. Uh, that's uh, always nice. It's always you know. It's just it's difficult because somebody go. breaks my heart, and mm-hmm. then I have to like, so how's things yeah yeah oh it's going great you know me and my boyfriend are really happy we're gonna have kids right <laughs> yeah. and you're just yeah just like yeah i had to i had to find out that my one and only girlfriend started seeing somebody else i was just by scroll i was just like scrolling twitter because we we did follow each other and uh she ignored like six of my messages to like say hey, do you want to have mm-hmm. a conversation at some point uh, and then one day she's just like, yeah, my boyfriend got a new Funko Pop. And I'm like, this ruined the next three days. Aw. <laughs> Aw, these rough. women are breaking your heart. It's rough. Well, it's yeah. just that, uh, I mean, we we have to be the one. We, we don't have to, but men typically are the are the, are the, are the more assertive of the two. Um, I'm assertive by choice. I'm not naturally assertive. Uh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm in the arts. Mm. I'm an emotional person. I, I don't take... Uh, rejection as easily as maybe some other people do. Okay. Yeah. Three things we have in common right there, Thank Jim. Um, yeah. And just a couple other things. I mean, I don't need to go justifying my relationship, but you know, you just, cause you said it, like when I met my husband, now I'm thinking he didn't have a car, you know, I had a car cause I, I just need it for touring and a lot of what I do, but he didn't have a car. I never thought that that was a problem. Even though he has a much better job than me, he has a stable you know, steady <laughs> job and career and, and I'm in the arts, I still also don't fully, you know, rely on him. Like, I don't think I put those pressures on him. And I hope he doesn't feel that way. You know, mm-hmm. I think he sees it sometimes because, you know, I struggle, struggle and I'm very fortunate to have him in my life. But um, yeah, so just based on what you said about the pressures you feel, I don't know. I'll have to ask him that. But I, I don't think he feels that way. But I but I respect you saying that that's how you feel. Because I think, again, as a woman, I haven't really dug into that, like the pressures that men feel, that, that side of things, you know. And I think that's maybe eventually where I'll go as well. Because um, another friend of mine, I had his wife on this podcast. Um, and uh, he was saying, you know, it'd be interesting to talk to men as well. Right? Because mm-hmm. But for now, right, I would just want to get the female perspective and see the pressures that women feel face because I think there's a lot of pressures that women face to do it all but um anyway that's an interesting take yeah wow we're almost out of time but there's uh and we just went down a whole different uh track there but um I guess I want to ask you this you know is there anything I don't know I'm going to put you on the spot here too but based on all the episodes we've recorded or you know you hear me talk a lot um is there anything that stuck out for you or something you haven't told me yet or or Again, at the end of this, it's my choice what I do. Mm-hmm. But um, what have you gotten to learn about me or know about me from okay, all these so, all these recordings? Um, uh, confession: This is a bit of a prepared statement. Um, Did you know I was going to ask you this? Well, let's really? just say the answer is close enough that I'm oh. like, oh, I, I can just use this oh, statement. Oh, okay, because I was like, so yeah. I, oh, yeah, I mean, um, people, uh, I usually try to prepare for podcasts. Oh, like okay. I, like I try to, like, have conversations of the, and by the way, this, the <laughs> conversation that we had. Are you saying I'm not had, prepared? 
I, I, <laughs> I see your I see your notes, and uh, yeah, I me, notes. me describing myself is not the same thing as okay. accusing you. <laughs> making notes is what I call being prepared. Uh, well, I I enjoy it. Like I'm I'm pathological, so I like to like try to see. I also want to say that how I think the podcast will go, it never goes that way. It does. It doesn't, um, and that's the other thing too. Is like, wait, this conversation was completely which else. I, very which I enjoyable, love, you know. And then we always like touch on really like deep things, and it's like that's been our time, you know. Yeah. And I always feel like the listeners are like, what? They're just. Or cracking that yeah. shell, but that's unfortunately the way it goes. Well, you know, yeah, as a as a producer, I can always say, "Let's go a little longer." I mean, I'm the one that edits this. So okay, I, yeah. I know. And so also uh, keep in mind that we like we lost like five minutes. Okay, because like, we were researching. Yeah. And um, so let's... I think this podcast, because it's you, you're gonna. This might be the uh, three hour episode. So <laughs> brace yourselves. Right. Right. Um, okay. So where were we so going? there's so there's uh, there's but a bunch we just of, veered a lot the... from my question, but. Uh, just going back, like your your thoughts and opinions on yeah. what I've said so far. So there is a, uh, a show on YouTube. I also listen to it via podcast that I quite enjoy. And I highly recommend anybody who's looking to see what are some of the big conversations happening in society. Uh, it's called The Rubin Report. I told you about this when you asked me what uh, what podcast I would recommend. I and uh, uh, R-U-B-I-N, uh, Dave Rubin, used to be with the Young Turks, and then the Young Turks went haywire, and so he left them. And uh, what he does is he brings on people, the university professors, political activists, anybody who's a mover and shaker in society uh, right now. And he and, – and then the show is great because one day I'll listen to somebody who is completely like not someone I agree with at all. And the next, But it's like, oh, this is interesting. The next person, it's, it's the opposite of that. Uh, he, is, he is gay. Uh, he is in a relationship. I don't know if he has a kid, but I will grant that even if he didn't have a kid, I think what he's doing is so beneficial to society that he becomes what I consider a net positive. As we as we wake up every day, we have to accept the fact that we consume the 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 earth in order to sustain ourselves. We consume uh, organic matter to live, whether it be plants or mm-hmm. animals or a mixture of both. We uh, we absorb oxygen. We we drink water, uh, and then we consume other people's work with, mm-hmm. through through their media or through the the uh, the efforts of their labor. So whether we like it or not, we have to accept the fact that we have a negative impact on society. So it's our duty to try to mitigate that every day, and then to try to go a little bit above and beyond that. And that's how we make society a better place. And I think between you being a teacher. And you having a hand not in raising one child, but in raising hundreds, mm-hmm. uh, you doing this show, which is moving the conversation forward in a way that I think is very positive. Uh, I consider you somebody who's kind of off the hook. Okay. <laughs> um, what do you want to do? You want to elaborate on that? I'm off well, the I hook. think I think I, I think that uh, um, raising a family, the family unit, whether people like it or not, is one of the building blocks of society. Mm-hmm. We may not all like it, but it has gotten us to where we are, and where we are is pretty good. Mm-hmm. And so for people to not want to participate that, they're free to do so, but my hope is that they will at least try to do as much as they can to still give to society in some way. And and you're, you're saying that's what I'm doing, yeah, essentially. Through your, through your art, through yeah, your yeah. teaching, through your work, you have done that. So you, if you decide, I mean, I know that you're still on the fence, mm-hmm. but if you were to decide not to have a kid, I would respect that, and I would say... 
All right, you I'm did. I'm doing my duty. You did. Yeah. Yeah. I do have, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot now because I do have a question. This is probably the hardest hitting question I can think of. Uh, and I'll answer it too, okay. just to be fair. Here we go. Are you a spiritual person? Are you? Oh, yeah, totally. Okay. I'm, what, okay. That hasn't come across? No, I'm, I'm yeah. No, I'm not I, a religious I person. Really... I'm not a religious, but I, I'm a spiritual person. Okay. For I, sure. I'm a religious person. I was raised in the Catholic Church. Uh, I actually read the Bible and that made me want to leave the church. Uh, and then I came back to God a little bit later, but with a new opinion of God. So I'm not like just like 100% Christian or 100% Catholic. I have a very specific view on it that would take hours to get into, okay. yeah, uh, like which my, I would love to talk about, but we'll do that. I didn't another grow show up for in time. any religious home. My right. husband's an atheist. I used to call myself an atheist, but then because I'm quite spiritual and I believe in, you know, in certain things, which we're not going to get into right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I stopped calling myself that, but right. I have no ties to religion or the church or anything like that. But uh, okay. spirituality is very important to me. Okay. So for everybody listening who's not spiritual, I would like for everybody to go with me on the spiritual journey for a section and imagine Valhalla. Imagine coming into contact with all the ancestors that have gotten us to this point, all the people who have carried on the legacy, who have endured two major world wars and several as uh, terrible wars as those, uh, all the major diseases, Genghis Khan. Mm -hmm. And if if I were to go to them and they were to say, why did the legacy stop with you? What answer do I have that's good enough for that? I don't have an answer that, that, that that's good. I can say that I've done as much as I can and I've tried because I am trying. I can say that I failed. I would take more pride in saying that I tried and failed than saying I decided not to whatsoever. So for me, I would have to have a reason that's as good as that. Now, before I let you say your piece, it's also fair to say that um, our legacy, while the most surefire way to do it is through our genetic code, by participating in society, we also participate in programming. So our mindset, our way of thinking, the way we interact with the world is programmed onto others just by talking to them and by teaching them and by interacting with them. So there are different ways to, to do it, but the most surefire way to ensure that the legacy is carried on is none other than having the child. Okay, so, which and then, you know, and we've discussed this with other women and my argument Again, I will say as I'm leaving my legacy in other ways, through my art or through my shows, you know, or or through my teaching that hopefully people will carry on, right? So I still I still remember the clown you taught me. Oh, so, good. Well, yeah. I'm I'm glad that, that <laughs> I haven't had a chance you, to use right? it, but I see there. But yeah. like that's that's again the argument I have, you know. And and to answer your to answer your question, like again, I just I just said it, and I and I talk about this in the show that. You know, I, I think there's other ways of leaving our legacy. And also, if ancestors were to ask me and I decided not to have children, you know, I would have many answers for them because it wasn't my journey. Uh, it wasn't my uh, my feeling at the time that I, that's the journey I wanted to go on or also possibly because I talk so deeply about, you know, how I have severe endometriosis and I'm at that point. I don't know yet. Maybe it's because I was unable to. So... You know, I would have answers mm. if they were to ask me. Now, maybe not everyone else, but I think, and I do think somebody who suffered, again, suffered trauma or uh, decided not to have children because they were unable to or lost a child at birth or that, that would be that would be their answer. So Absolutely. I would have something prepared for that. You know, I, I, I can go with you on that journey. But um, then again, it goes against my argument of, 
all the reasons why some women or myself have chosen at this point right. not to have children. And I, and I think it's uh, it's just important for, for everyone to think about, even if they have no spiritual or religious sense whatsoever, there is no telling what the afterlife has in store. You know, that's why mm-hmm. we have to file it under faith. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I, I, I accept that. And I think it's and I think it's valid. Uh, there is one other argument that I want to make. And, and I'm not like going after you with it or anything. It's just an argument that I want to just kind of put out into the world, uh, which is I think one of the pressures is the idea of having kids just for the sake of having kids for no other reason, or maybe even just for the for the point of, for the point of legacy. But what I, what I want to remind people is that as scary as the world is, um, we have to think about two different lines. There is the line of things in the world that are actually scary. Uh, and then there is the line of how exposed we are to the world. And the exposure line has increased, or maybe, maybe I should say like a balance or something. Anyways, the exposure has increased, but the danger is still there. And there's still a lot that needs to be dealt with, but it has decreased. There are less major global scares the way that we we've had them in throughout history well Uh, a lot of illnesses and stuff have disappeared you know but Um, there's still i think now there's different threats that people feel you know i know the world was always you know a kind of a fucked up place you know (laughs) but it, it feels i think now because we're exposed to everything in the media and it's just out there all the time that i think it feels like a scarier place i and i i i definitely agree with that um, I also think that there is a different mindset in generations. You know, I, I think our parents or our grandparents put on a different kind of pressure because in their mind, life was only going to get to like 60, 70, whereas my parents might clear 90 or even 100. True. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking with the way medicine has advanced and with our knowledge of our body has advanced, I might clear like 120, 130. So we'll still be doing these <laughs> podcasts when we're out. So, I mean, a lot of people like they, they laugh at people when they talk about anxiety, but we face an anxiety that's unprecedented in the world mm-hmm. because we are facing a future way, way, way longer than anybody has ever faced before. Mm-hmm. And then the next generation is maybe even more anxious because they might be 200 years old. And who knows who they're we don't cleaning know. up? We after. don't know. Yeah. But we still have the opportunity to not only make children, but to make the best children that we can make, the best children possible. You know, uh, just a quick story. One podcast that I'm very proud of, but I don't get too much into, is that I was able to uh, make uh, a show with some of the sex workers in Toronto. Yeah, you've mentioned that. Uh, it I, sounds I, fascinating. Yeah. I, I love the show for well, some reason. Do you reasons want to plug the obvious. show? What was the show? Um, I actually don't because of the way the government treats prostitutes. So okay. I have to be vague. But if people are curious, uh, do a little bit of digging on me. It's not that out of the way. Okay. And one of the, and one of the ladies, she comes in to the to our, to my other uh, studio on Western Road, and she's like, "Oh, I thought I thought there'd be like seven people here, and there'd be like a mixing board and everything." And that was her assumption based off the work that I do. And I'm like, "No, it's just me and the host." And I was like so flattered by that. I don't think that possibility was there in previous generations because of the technology. One person now is able to do radio quality work that other people that the group of seven might have had to do. So what the next generations are capable of, I mean, we don't know, but I know it's going to be great. And so I'm really hoping that we continue on um, bringing more children into the world because they have the best lives yet. 
Wow, that's really that's really cool, you know, to hear you say that because um again, I think you're opening so many cans of worms <laughs> worms. I think we're touching on on huge topics that need more than, you know, a fifty minute uh, spot. Well, I to, record one podcast uh, yeah. myself for every fifty I edit. Right. So but, you know, there's a bit of uh, yeah. there's a bit of a valve that you know, needs that, to be released. I think that's really nice that you said that. I agree with a lot of it. I, I'm also, you know, I think People would respond possibly with, you know, again, with social media and and kids now being addicted to their iPhones and not being able to socialize in the way. Right, because there are also, new challenges as you well know, and as millennials there are new possibilities. And, then, uh, and all of this stuff. I think there might be people that would uh, argue against you and say that, uh, you know, our kids might be more fucked up now than they once were. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm going to kind of leave it on that. And then um, maybe we can have another discussion or if people as always want to uh, to write in about that topic because I think it's it's something worth exploring or talk about it. Um, you can always reach us at all kidding aside at gmail.com. I think we've just covered so much and uh, you know, I, I was going to say, do you have anything else to say? But I know that that might be another three hours because you have lots <laughs> of interesting things to say. It's a, it's a pleasure to talk to you. And um, I'm so grateful that we've come together to put this whole uh, I'm podcast together. I'm pretty happy together. with what I've said. I've definitely said my piece. And I and I don't, I'm just looking at my notes here and I don't think that I missed anything that okay. I... Well, I mean, you're you're recording this whole thing for me, so there's there's a potential to do another episode. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I think. Is there anything you want to any podcast or anything you want to plug though, Joe? Um, people, I just if people are interested in uh, getting involved in podcasting uh, yourselves, I promise you will not find better quality work for a cheaper price. Um, even just to get and have just to get the conversation going, or if you want to see my other work, uh, in addition to podcasting, I also write and make comics, which we're not even need to start on that. It's very good. Thank you. Um, but you can find my uh, my podcasting profile at echopodcasting.com. That's e c h o podcasting. If you don't know how to spell that, you're on your own. And um, my webcomic is giantenemycomic.com. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter. That's at tinyenemyshrimp. It spells exactly the way you think it's going to be spelled. Okay, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, great. Uh, thanks again so much, uh, not only for speaking with me today, but for uh, getting this whole podcast off the ground. I'm really grateful, and I, I love doing this, and I love just chatting to so many interesting people. And thank you for going through with it. Thank you. So there you have it, guys. That's been our episode. Again, I'm Crystal Bartelzi. This is the podcast, All Kidding Aside. And if you want to get in touch or uh, comment on anything further, definitely this episode, we opened up a big can of worms. Uh, so you can reach us at All Kidding Aside podcast at G gmail.com. Thanks for listening. And I will send you my invoice. <laughs> That's been our podcast, All Kidding Aside. I've been your host, Crystal Bartelzi. And if you like what you're listening to, why not go on iTunes and subscribe? And you can even leave us a review. Five stars would be amazing. And if you want to get in touch with us with any comments or questions, you can reach us at allkiddingasidepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>